This is the Outer Rim Job. Hi guys, welcome to episode 20 of the Outer Rim Job. This is Matt Prime filling in here. We had a problem I wasn't able to make it when the rest of the guys recorded, so I'm adding in my two cents after the fact. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the switch from FFG to Atomic Mass Games of all the Star Wars properties of Armada, Legion, and X-Wing. And we're going to wrap up our uh, talk on the Clone Wars ships. And we'll also be covering a fair amount of the new updated upgrades for all of the Civil War factions. In this episode is going to be Bill, Dane, and Beta Matt. And I'll be putting my uh, two cents worth of comrades in after the fact since I'm doing the cutting. And on with the episode. The Emperor's made a critical error and the time for our attack has come. So for those of you who don't know, a little while ago there was an announcement made by Fantasy Flight Games that they were switching management of X-Wing, Armada, and Legion over to Atomic, Atomic Mass Games, which is also owned by Asmodee. We don't really know much beyond that at this point, just that the announcement's been made. Some people have been let go. Some people have made the transition. Beyond that, we don't really know much. Yeah. So, I mean, I honestly don't think things are going to change very much. I mean, I, you know, there's a, a new uh, location for where it's headquartered. Maybe <laughs> some stuff will happen more on the East Coast or West Coast, which is kind of annoying for me. Or us specifically here in uh, Michigan. Yeah, you know, so there may be some stuff in you know on the, on the West Coast that happens now, but I don't think things are going to be that different, honestly, going forward. So my thinking is that this could go two different ways. Um, I think it's likely that it stays the same or it gets better because if you look at who's heading up AMG. You have some guys that are former privateer press guys who are industry veterans. They've been around a long time. They've been involved in some serious systems. They're kind of pioneers of like a competitive evolving rule set. So like they, they have a lot more experience than these guys who, um, you know, worked at FFG and mostly came over from the board game side of things. So they, they've got the, the skills and the experience to, to really juice things up i think on the, the other hand yeah yeah like like <laughs> so everybody guys, everybody got... knows that brooks who's one of the main developers <laughs> for the last couple waves he literally worked in the war warehouse and worked his way up and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but right. um you know we're, we're making a transition from that kind of guy to industry veterans who have been in miniatures for a long time developed right. a very successful system that you know at during its heyday war machine was you know a big deal um so um they, they they've got this studio in good hands on the other hand i think there's a small chance you look at the situation you see that asmodee is owned by private equity and the name of the game is they're trimming the fat eventually for a possible sale um of 
AMG or FFG or all the company's assets to another investor, um, you know, are they going to be looking at Armada as the smallest of these three minis games as something that could be cut? I don't know. It's possible, but um, you know, it, it, <laughs> I'm just saying nobody knows anything. It could be very good. It could be very bad. Yeah. I um, think the, the thing is, I have, I mean, maybe you guys know this. I have like no idea how much Armada is selling. I think it does pretty well. Um, my my like anecdotal data point that I saw um, earlier this year was I think I saw a miniature market had um, the SSD expansion pack as like in the top 20 of um, products it sold by unit, which mm -hmm. is like, if you think about what that means, they sold a fuck ton of SSDs. It's a so, really awesome model. It is. But point yeah. being, I think, I think FFG and makes plenty of money off of Armada. Yeah. Um, so I it, it may be the smallest of, of the three, but yeah, I think, I think it does pretty well. There's a lot of people collecting ships just to put on shelves that like have never even thought about playing. Yeah. And I think that's true of X-Wing too, probably. But probably. Yeah. Point being, there's, there's a market for this game. And, um, you know, I, I'm just saying it's the smallest of the three. So if anything's going to happen to any one of these games, it'll be um, I'm, I'm, I'm most nervous about Armada, but who knows, maybe it'll go over to AMG and maybe they'll really like it. Or, you know, m maybe this concern is just totally invalid and the game's really gonna hold, hold this position or take off. Um, everybody's just guessing at this point what this yeah. move means. Yeah, I mean, maybe the plan is to move it over there and, like, ramp up and, like, make way more stuff. Yeah, could be. You know, one thing about AMG, protocol. yeah, if you've been following Crisis Protocol, they come out with new shit, like, every six weeks. Like, there's so much out now than from when the game first launched. And it's, like, what, a year, like, two years ago now at this point? And there's, I don't know, probably two dozen, three dozen expansions for the game already. Yeah, they've been pumping it out. So maybe that's the plan. You know, yeah. who knows? And, you know, yeah. AMG models are awesome. Um, but they're, you have to assemble them. They're not pre-painted. So I wonder if it may, that's the one change we may see. These are, you know, old school or miniatures veterans who are the, the hobby aspect is a big part of it. And I think, you know, Armada and X-Wing, it's not really, I mean, it is for a lot of people, but one of the, I think the appeals of this game is it looks really good right out of the box. You don't have to paint it. Yeah, we'll see. I, I kind of think that that's kind of a big part of both of these games. So I, I have a hard time seeing them messing with that. Yeah. But time will tell, I guess. And I, I guess the bottom line is we're all just bullshitting about this at this point. And, yeah. You know, we're just seeing what AMG posts, seeing what these guys who are leaving post and reading the tea leaves until we um, start to see signs that this transition is actually happening and what it means. One thing that AMG has said is that they've said that they kind of want to focus on um, um, different formats for um, um, like store kit play. I think they said they want to focus more on like maybe narrative play and alternate formats. Um, they want to focus on um, you know, less, less on the competitive side. So I, I don't know what that means. Their statements so far have been kind of vague, um, mm -hmm. but may, maybe we're going to be looking at um, an organized play environment where we're seeing alternate formats um, Which much more that, often. 
I don't have a problem with that. I mean, they may be doing more like game night kits where it's like everybody that shows up gets the same thing as opposed right. to the winners get better stuff. Right. And that's what they said is going to happen. That's fine. I'm know. fine with that. Especially for like store level events. Yeah. Like that fine. Um, you know, I hope they keep up like the regional and the world's type stuff. Yeah. I mean, um, even store championships. I mean, I really like store championships. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, we only need that. to do those a few times, you know. It doesn't need to be ever. You know, we can still do tournaments and do them competitively if we want to. Yep, exactly. We probably will. <laughs> but. Groovy. All right, so that's yeah. our, uh, the sky's not falling, or it is. Who knows? We'll see. But I'm my, me personally, I'm, I'm leaning more towards I think it'll be fine. It just, um, it might look different. Yeah, I'm also yeah. cautiously optimistic. I, I have a feeling this is going to be a good thing in the long run. Yeah. Might mean some delays I, for now, but we'll see. Yeah, but we're used to delays. It's our model. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, are. It's, it's not going to be an issue for us. We'll be yeah. fine. If you're still Speaking around. That, you know. I mean, even if there are, you kind of don't care because of all the changes that have happened now. Finally, the new rule sets out and we can talk to guys about it. Uh, yeah. It's been fully revealed. It's implemented. It's out. It's done. So let's transition over to talking about that. So you're required to maneuver straight down this trench and skim the surface to this point. It's a small thermal exhaust port right below the main port. A small one-man fighter should be able to penetrate Princess Leah. Yeah, so the, the, I was the talking big, that whole time. Yeah, you were. We lost you for a second. Um, <laughs> Great. So I think some of the you know the, the biggest changes um, just to start off with. Are we starting a new a, segment now? Yeah. Do we need to pause? I mean, are we? I don't know. Um. Yeah, let's pause. Okay, beta or alpha prime. Put a new segment in. The new segment goes here. <laughs> new segment go here. You look here. It go here. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So starting the new segment now. Yeah. Here we are. Um, I don't know where we're at. Probably the schoolhouse or something. Yeah. And, uh, let's let's talk about uh, all the new stuff. So let's get into evade the evade token first. Yeah. So essentially, the the major change to evade is that at close range, it now works the same as at medium range. In addition mm -hmm. to that, you can now discard the token after you spend it. Um, to affect an additional die, but you can only do that if the ship shooting you is larger than you. So mm -hmm. I'll say this now. You can look in the pamphlet. All three of us are playtesters, so we've had a lot of time in with this new rule. Yeah. And this one's a big one, right? Oh so yeah. So if we're being if we're being honest, I've been playing with these new rules for like most of the year. Like I haven't been able to yeah. play like regular. I, as soon as we got it all done, like, I'm like, I don't even want to play the current version of Armada anymore. Yeah. Cause once you start playing with these new rules, it's just way better. And like, yeah. you don't want to go back. There's no reason to go back. Yeah. Just as yep. a big picture note, like it, the game just feels a lot better. I'm, I'm kind of of the perspective that I don't think anything was, I, I don't, I think Armada was in a good place before, but this just makes it even better. So, um, yes, yeah, so, like these yeah, changes, I mean, Armada was a lot more archetypes. Yeah, Armada was better than most, I think. You know, I guess that's maybe a biased opinion. But still, I think Armada's balance was pretty good. 
but yeah, now it's just, I mean, like you said, it opens up more things. This really juices small, small ships, which we're kind of falling out of favor. Um, and this will make them just way more survivable, being able to reroll dice and then being able to affect two dice when it's a larger ship. You know, yeah, you have to discard, but that might save you from getting blown up, which is obviously a huge deal, or even just get you one more shot off. Yeah, so maybe we should start with what the change is, actually. Yeah. I, so, so, so basically the change that. is that, yeah, so you can reroll a die at close range. The, the evading ship can force a reroll at close range. Mm -hmm. And then if the evading ship is defending against a larger ship, you can discard the token. It can be readied or not and it can affect two dice. So that can affect dice at long, medium, extreme, close range. I did that out of order, but whatever. Um, so basically, evade token just got a straight up buff across the board. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you know what we found out is it works really good against squadrons. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's a big deal. If you have a, two, a double evade ship, like CR90s now, against like a, ton, like a ton of squads trying to take them down, like, I played plenty of games where, like, they took, you know, it was like a Sloan type thing or whatever, and they got attacked by four or five squads, and they were doing all right afterwards because you got that double evade, and you just keep making them reroll those dice. Yeah, it yeah. makes a big difference. Yeah, in my experience, small ships are the most most common ship type when it's being attacked for, like, one hit to be the difference between the ship living or blowing up. So yeah. if you've got an evade that can affect a die at close range, maybe reroll a double hit on a black into a single hit or a blank, or you know reroll a red into a blank instead of a hit or crit or double or or whatever. Yeah, you know that can often make the difference between the ship getting one more activation and then doing its job, mm -hmm. and it just um, getting vaporized off the board without doing anything. Right. Yeah, where it can really make a big difference too is just, and you guys obviously know this for, you know, the medium and long range shots, but when there's a nasty crit effect that you want to avoid, you know, whether that's like an HIE to, you know, burn off all your shields or an APT to throw a crit on you underneath them, um, it can make a really big difference and end up being, you know, three or four damage you're saving instead of really just the one that it looks like. Right. Um, Bill mentioned CR90s. I think the maybe biggest beneficiary of this change is the raider actually because you yeah, think about yeah. what the raider wants to be doing is getting in and up and close and what something everyone's been repeating about the raider is it's a knife fighter that doesn't have the defensive tokens of a ship that wants to knife fight well now you've got two evades that you can use against you know a squadron ball that's trying to get in your face mm -hmm. or you know a, a if you've parked your Raider in front of a bigger ship, now you can discard that evade token to force your opponent to reroll two dice. Mm -hmm. um, or if you put item Versio on it, now you can discard an evade token to delete two dice straight up. Yep. That's a big deal. Yeah. And item Versio, I mean, I think item Versio is really what solved that problem more, more so than, although this evade change is huge too, but that, yeah, well, that Versio card is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, the size check, being able to discard the evade right. token, that makes the a largest, big difference. Yeah, especially with Inversio. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think I think the Raider is a ship that can has a lot more possibilities now. Um, For sure. And 
you know, even though we tested all this stuff, these changes are just so big that we don't know where the meta's going, but I certainly see more of a place for Raiders than I did before these changes went into play. Yeah, I mean, really anything with, with an evade token, you know, it, it'll help juice, you know, assault frigates and, you know, peltas and everything Ar with an evade. Architons. Yeah, Architons for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah, big Dane, time. Dana and I played a game with um, Architons, and there are a few changes, I think, that are going to juice them up a little bit. So I'm mm -hmm. excited to get them on the board a little bit more. Absolutely. Speaking um, of assault frigates, which I've never really, I never really run them much, but I think I was talking to Beta about this. Like, you guys remember the old school Akbar conga line, right? With the three assault frigates, and they would just kind of like move in a conga line and blast stuff, and then those went away pretty quick. Like demo ended up trashing lists like that. Yeah, yeah this is very um, old school. We're talking very old school. Yeah, like wave so, wave two. I put together a list that I think would actually be interesting. Now it's still got Akbar, but it's got like it's mainly because of the evade makes such a big difference now for yeah. the assault frigate, I think. That and, with, that um, and the, another and reactive, reactive gunnery. gunnery. Reactive yeah. gunnery, because I was actually surprised to find out the Mark II A has two reds and a blue out the back. And I'm like, what? Like, I would have never <laughs> even thought of that before, but I'm like, holy shit, that's a really great salvo dice pool. Yeah, that just mm -hmm. goes to how all these new changes are opening up, up a lot of possibilities that you didn't even think about before, that weren't even relevant mm -hmm. before. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. And there, you know, there's a couple you know, upgrades you know, like that one that are, are really going to make some big changes. I mean, do we want to go, go into some of those upgrades now, or do we want to talk about... Yeah. Let's well, just, I think we should just... stick with the big picture changes yeah. first, because we're talking about evade. Maybe we should talk about squadrons now before That's we That's what I was going to say, yeah. So yeah. sure, well, let's say, let's say big picture, but like it, we can just organically just start talking about shit if it goes to somewhere else. Like yeah, sure, yeah. So yeah, so squadron. So the new squadron rules are essentially that in a four hundred point game, you can have up to four ace squadrons or hero uniques with defense tokens. Um, the generic uniques like you know dagger or rogue squadron don't don't count towards that limit. Um, the other big change for squadrons is that Intel no longer makes enemy ships heavy. It now grants friendly ships grit. So these are both pretty huge changes, I think. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think they're good, mm -hmm. um, but there are some caveats to that. I think the big let's just get the bad out of the way first yeah. i've seen well, some I people just... suggest that now you're yeah. just going to see the same aces all the time especially on the imperial side you're going to see jended and merrick all the time mm -hmm. um and this does not change that at all um no but, but I, that was the case before mm -hmm. right like I, I, so maybe it doesn't fix that but i don't think it makes it worse no, I don't think so either. You know, I think it just means that now you can't have more of them than that. Um, you know, it kills the, the, the... What's that? Yeah, but the issue with that list, and I, I'm, I think I might be in the camp where I don't think it's going to change anything as far as that. And I think it's going to... The Imperials, like the ones that go list heavy, the super meta guys, it's going to be the same list. It's going to be the same Sloan squad ball that we saw before. Because they could t still take like Saber Squadron, and really that's all you need. Like Saber, uh, it's going to be Merrick, Jendon, Morna, and like Mauler. 
and it, it, it's yeah. not going to change like because they could still take the that was the problem well but now they have to decide between mauler and dengar so so I, whatever who i mean i don't think that's no i don't think it makes that big of a deal i i, I don't know that this I mean, it, it helps a little bit. It helps speed things up just because there's less, like, squadron bubbles of abilities going on. Um, but the big yes, change I, is, I agree is the on intel that part. thing. Yes, the intel is going to be a big part of it. But, like, that, that's still a squad ball. They're not, it never really cared about intel to begin with, like, because it would just burn down your fighters and then go after the ships. It was all well, about that alpha strike. Right, but part of – intel was part of that because you needed to be able to move around to focus fire on things and now you'll be able to if you can get in there you can kind of control who they're engaging and, and lock them down from moving which does still help yeah and a big part of that sloan build too was that the squadron ball could straight up ignore the opposing squadron ball and just flip tokens on ships for avenger which has also been nerfed into oblivion now <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about that later i guess but um i think i think the intel change is a big change there i also think it's a big deal that now on the imperial side you can't take an entire 134 point squadron ball that has scatter tokens right. that makes the imperial squadron ball a lot more vulnerable to flak and that, i think that's a huge deal it is it certainly is I think it'll help. I think for a skilled player, and if they get their alpha strike off, I think it's effectively going to do the same thing and it's always done. I think I think the squadron change needed to go further. I think it needed to be less points, not 134 points anymore. I was I was in favor of dropping it to 100 points. Yeah, um, I was too. <laughs> I think they should, really should have gone with that. It was certainly a decent argument that, you know, we, we, at 100 points, the squadrons kind of were a little bit toothless unless you brought all generics, which I personally thought was like a really cool kind of dynamic where, you you know, to get a lot of firepower, you had to bring a bunch of generics. I think the other thing, too, is that we're seeing a lot of anti-squadron tech um, on the ship side. Mm -hmm. So we've seen anti, um, advanced transponder nets. We've seen ordnance pods. Um, there are quite a few upgrades. Nobody, nobody, nobody takes that shit. No. Advanced well, transponder, yeah, yeah, maybe. But ordnance pods, no. Well, and I don't think advanced transponder that makes sense anymore now that Intel's been changed. Yeah, that's but, the thing. Like, it, Well, the only thing that helps you is is if you could still take like Y wings or tie bombers and they'll still yeah. tie tie them up because they're they're heavy and it makes them not heavy essentially. But yeah, well, I, I guess we'll see what happens. I think the intel change is a big enough deal that you know you're going to have squadron balls that tie each other up, and it's going to be more about you know the ship to ship combat affecting the outcome of the game rather mm -hmm. than you know the squadrons just being able to nuke ships yeah. from the go. The other thing I think it does is it, it makes like the, you know, light to medium squadron wing a lot more viable again. Because if you can bring something, and I've done this and it's been really effective, you can bring like four tie interceptors and like four reserve hangar decks and, you know, keep yourself safe from the enemy squadrons and, and do some damage to them for a little while, enough to make your ship advantage win out. Yeah, and I'll say I've gone up against that type of squadron ring a lot. I think it works well with TIE Interceptors, and I think it works well with the new droid TIE Fighters. Yep. Um, 
I've run a lot of 134-point-ish squadron wings against that. The um, the counter fighters with um, with reserve hangar decks, and it eats into that 134 points of squadrons and really prevents mm-hmm. it from doing anything to such an extent that you know I think I told Dane a while ago. I almost wonder if it's even worth taking 134 points of squadrons anymore now that that option is on the table. Because, like, if you have a 60-ish point squadron wing that can just neutralize your 134 points, then what are you doing? Like, Well, I think what it does is kind of creates a rock, paper, scissors, right, where the medium squadron wing is really good against the heavy squadron wing. The heavy squadron wing is get good against the no squadron list, and the no squadron list is good against the medium squadron wing. Yeah, and I think the place we're going to end up with all that is that squadron list is in a bad place. Zero squadrons is in a bad place. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of the 60-point squadron wings, um, and I going to go you're either going to see 60 or max as opposed to the zero or the 32 with like the sienna and um valen and the um taiko shara you'll still see those you'll still see those but um i i just think that the the 60 point wing with the four interceptors or tri fighters and then the reserve hangar decks that's just so much power for your points that um that might become the new dominant um token squadron um, compliment. Yeah, I could see that happening, but I, I really think you're going to see viable lists all over the place with amounts of squadrons, which is exactly what we want to see, I think. That's uh, what I want to see. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. I, I, think, I think it could go either way with that. I think what's more likely to happen is what you guys what we found out, and I'm sure the community's finding out, is like, really, you just need four tie interceptors and four reserve hangar base, and then that's all you see. Like, I wanted the change to be affected to the point where you see lots of different things. Like, lots of different things become viable. I think once you crack the code, and I part of the code, I think, is, I think that's it. It's just the four tie interceptors and four reserve hangar decks. Um, that might be all you see. And that really doesn't do anything to the game for me. Like, that doesn't open up list building. It doesn't make things more creative. It doesn't, like, give you really any more options. It's that something so cheap can effectively shut down 134 points to me also doesn't seem right. That's not that cheap though. Like, you know, the thing is, if everybody starts doing that, then, you know, somebody will go and make a list that's got an extra raider in it and then they'll have an advantage in a ship fight. Yeah, and I'll play devil's advocate here because I'm generally in favor of fewer squadrons. But if you are saying that a reserve hangar deck backed interceptor wing, can neutralize 134 points of squadrons, what's it going to do to 100? It's going to totally take it out of the game. So maybe that's swinging it too far. It might be. Yeah. It might be. We'll see. But, you know, I, I think like we, you guys have mentioned some of the, uh, the anti-squadron tech is going to be a good counter to that. You know, something like ordnance pods is really good against a bunch of TIE interceptors. You know, and... The Starhawk, right. honestly, the Starhawk with with the red flak dice and link turbo laser towers. I mean, you can start killing with link turbo laser towers. One die, you can kill a tie interceptor. 
Yeah, it is, but that shot's you know taking a ships and stuff. There's there's all sorts of uh, arguments and different. Yeah, things no, there are, that, but I don't I don't think it's like so amazing that it's going to totally shut down all squadrons. No, I'm not saying that either. My my point is, is it becomes so effective we don't see much creativity. We don't, and my I'm just go back to where I don't think this squadron change was enough. I don't think it was enough to to really fundamentally change the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you to a point. We, we didn't, I, we did, they just didn't go far enough. I, I, I agree with that, but I do think it's this is a positive change, and it's going to be better. Something I'll say is that I think it's I more think, of a neutral change. I don't think it's going to really do much either way. I So I think this is a positive change, and I think it's a great start. And I think that what we've seen with FFG is that they have changed the um, – the rules reference guide to what looks to be more of a living document type approach, kind of like what they did with Legion Mm -hmm. by releasing that FAQ combined rule reference guide. So I think they've left the option on the table and we've seen them mess around with Legion rules a little bit more than Armada, but you know, maybe if this proves to not be enough after we've seen this out in the wild for a while, maybe Mm -hmm. they'll make more changes. Um, I think this is a good start. This that might even be nothing. as simple as making some things more expensive. That might fix the problems too. I, I like the idea of this, but you guys got to remember. So you got to remember, there's no one at the helm. There's no one steering this ship right now, and nobody's going to be steering this ship until AMG takes over. We that that could be a while. So like, I have I have a feeling once things are broke, once we realize the broke things and things run rampant, it's going to be a while till that shit stops. So we're going to have to go through a bad time again. I can easily see that happening. Yeah. That's very. I, I think I think we're in okay place. I I don't foresee any major issues coming out of this, and to the extent there are any major issues, I think that it's going to be with that four interceptor um, uh, reserve hangar decks build. And honestly, I think that's fine because I'm more of a ship guy, and that build is not going to be good against ships. Yeah, I. I feel like for me personally, my sweet spot might be in the mid size because I don't like running like max squads. Running two squads generally doesn't like seem effective enough. And I like the, I do like the squadron game. I don't hate the squadron mm-hmm. game. I, I don't want to make it sound like I want to get rid of the squadron game, but the squadron game has been so power, too powerful and so out of control for so long. Like you just get burnt out on it. But you yeah. get burnt out having to go against 134, against 134 and watch those fuckers like, minutely move their squads around and you know you're supposed to be much a high you got to be more high thinking to understand and appreciate it now oh, fuck off you don't have to be a high thinker to appreciate that shit like it's boring as fuck and if you don't idea idea that it's boring as fuck you're one of those broken nerds that just love watching boring shit <laughs> like I, you know i don't want to fucking hear it yeah so well, like, it gets it's this certainly game is supposed the game to down. The game down and it's boring for everybody involved this game is supposed to be about fucking capital ships. Like that's that's really what it's about. And I I, I I want it to be about combined arms as well. I do want the squadrons to be uh, an asset, uh, uh, you know, one of the arms of uh, of your fleet. Mm-hmm. But I don't want it to be dominating anymore. I don't want it to be the main arm anymore. And, and no. I hope it's not. But I got a feeling we're going to see that it still is. And you know, like, um, is when you like build one thirty four squadrons all your ships really end up being just designed to push squadrons. That's kind of all they do. Yeah. You know, and all your upgrades are kind of geared around that either, you know, just playing defense or, you know, 
pushing your squadrons. And then that's like your whole game is just like getting the squadrons to do the damage. So just to get myself, my opinions on here, I do think that more needed to be done with squadrons because the two biggest offenders for squadron play, Riken Aces and the three Stoo- three Imperial Stooges of more American Jendon aren't really affected a ton. Um, it is going to be hard to see, though, because with all of these changes, it's all idle speculation until we start getting back into widespread large tournament play or even just like small level play just seeing people getting out there playing again it's going to be tough to see i my gut tells me this didn't go far enough um and i i am a big i am a fan of big squadron play but it it does get too extreme sometimes that it can drag the game uh, I do feel the, ch- the changes might be a step in the right direction, but I personally can't say. I- I'm going to have to wait and see. We really we really have to wait and see how things change between the Starhawk and the Onager because those didn't really get to see any high-level play before people stopped playing. But also with the release of Clone Wars... And the evade change and the pass change, there's a lot of changes to the game, and it's really going to shake things up. But unfortunately, we're not going to be able to see the wide range of effects of all these changes for a long time, probably. Um, all right, so I guess we've gone on. I mean, you guys know how we feel about squadrons and stuff, uh, our stance on it. We don't need to linger on it anymore because we want to try to cover a lot of stuff without going for fucking three hours or whatever. So um, let's move on to the next thing. Uh, what's the next big thing you want to talk about? Well, I think there's some upgrades we should. Oh, the pass tokens. We should, we should talk about pass tokens. That's another. That's huge a huge one. deal. That's kind. Of, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. So pass tokens are a thing now. Um, the way the way pass tokens work is if you're second player, you get a number of pass tokens equal to the difference between your fleet. So if I've got if I've got three activations and you've got six and I'm going second, I'm going to get three pass tokens. Um, if you're the first player, it's one less than the difference. So uh, the, the only other kind of caveat to the rules is that you cannot pass, or well, let me explain how you use it. On your turn, you can spend a pass token instead of activating your ship. Um, and it, you, you have to like have more unactivated, or they have to have more unactivated ships left than you do. And you can't pass twice in a row, and you can't pass on your first turn. Um, First activation. First activate. Well, first activation of a turn. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. So, so if you read the rule, it it reads kind of convoluted, but in practice, it, basically, it what does. it means is that yeah. you can pass and you can't do it consecutively. Yeah. Um, but what I think another important thing is these pass tokens are like a, they're a consumable. So once you use them, they're gone. Um, it allows you essentially, if you're second player, to guarantee that you go last in one turn. The idea, the idea is and was is to get you over the hump, get you to the point where the fleets are banging and everybody's close and activations don't really matter anymore. It's just to get you to that place because you don't want like a permanent passing system because then that'll slow the game down and it'll be boring as shit. Like you just want that one big round where you pass to just make sure that first player doesn't get the big jump on you, the big last first, and then you guys are getting after it and you know, resume the regular game of Armada. Exactly. It's almost like um, it's kind of like a quasi-price type effect in practice. 
Yeah, you but a, you still have price to think about thing. it. And there, there's still yeah. some strategic use with it because you have to decide, is this the round? And you, depending on how big the disparity is, you might need to decide that kind of early. Yeah, and you could be wrong. Yes. And we've seen that. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, the, the pass mechanic doesn't get rid of the effectiveness of high activation fleets. Like, you got you to gotta be smart about it. It's, it's not an auto thing. It's not like, well, turn two is the turn I pass. You know, yeah. like the other guy might juke you. And then if you pass too early, then, yeah, you're getting last first pretty hard on that round three or four, whatever it is. Yeah, that being said, I think that's going to be a big part of high activation fleets is learning how to, you know, tight, you know, entice out a couple of pass tokens. Yeah, yeah. And I think make it look like you're diving in. Two or three is probably going to be the correct turn still. Yeah, but, but um, which one? Yeah, probably. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and a good player the, might be able to bait it out. Yeah, it stops someone who's going first from like just waiting you out because they have more activations, and then there's nothing you can do but move into their ship, and then they hammer you, and then they hit you again at the top of the next round. Like, cause that's bullshit, and it you know is dumb. So now yeah. you can't do that. And and something I'm excited about this is kind of it's it's not part of the rule per se, but in the RRG. They have banned strategic advisor price and bail from competitive play, at least. Yeah. So um, that's a huge deal because I think that although those officers were all perhaps an interesting idea at the time, they ended up being the wrong idea. Yeah. And, it actually um, made things worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Strategic advisor just ended up being a tax, and yeah. that you just like had to pay. And so you couldn't use any of the like, interesting, cool officers. Yeah. It had all kinds of effects on the system, too, because it filled that slot, for one, and it prevented you from seeing a lot of cool officers, as Dane just said. Another thing is I think it took medium ships out of the game, because why would you ever take a medium ship where you could pay a bit more and get a four-point activation on a large ship? Yep. Um, now that's gone. That so now... Good the bigger small ships out of the game too. I mean, that, I think that was part of the, the loss of demo and, you know, the, I, mean, I feel like you don't see a lot of admonitions even anymore. Yeah. So maybe now you'll see that victory on the board, um, filling that slot, more of a mid range point cost kind of role Probably um, not, rather right? than a cheaper ISC. Well, I think there's room for it now, or, you know, we, I think the Republic and the separatists have some interesting medium based ships and I think mm -hmm. the assault frigates a very interesting option. Yeah, um, De definitely. But the clone wars, the mediums for the, for the clone wars guys are way better than the mediums. I think that we initially saw for like, you know they're better than the vsd and the assault frigate they yeah well they're because they're about the same but they're cheaper yeah 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 that that acclimator is really great and so is that munificent like just yeah. playing like a couple games with them i'm like fuck man these these medium ships are really good yeah they're the acclimator is just like it's just way better than the victory. I, and, and the Munificent's yeah. great, too, like Bill just said. I think those are both great ships. The Munif the Munif and, we, we'll talk about those in a minute. Let's, let's finish our rule change. But, but, but honestly, though, don't, don't sleep on the victory and the, um, the assault frigate. I think that I think there are interesting pieces to think about going forward because of these changes to the yeah. activation rules. 
I think particularly oh, no, the active gunnery on the assault frigate. I think that's like that's a really big deal. And and Harrow on a VSD. Yeah, yeah, but that's been out. Yeah, like I said it's earlier, I, I, I started messing with assault frigate. I haven't I haven't gotten rid of it. I'm just saying when initial release like those the, the new stuff is better than what the old stuff was when it yeah. was released yeah oh, but sure. i guess i guess going back to the big picture like i think this is one of those changes that's so big that even those of us who are play testers and who have messed around with these rules quite a bit i don't think we've seen the full implications of what this means for the game certainly like not. i i'm i'm kind of thinking like maybe a three ship list is going to be a good thing now cuz maybe you can bring three heavy hitters rather Rather than, you know, padding things out with activations and just taking two hitters. Um, when I build uh, lists now, it, it I, I find that I'm just putting three ships in. Yeah, like, well, a lot of my lists is generally just three ships. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's a valid way to do it now. Well, I think what you're doing is you're just not thinking about activations anymore, which is really cool. Yeah. And, and, and the, what makes sense with what you're trying to do is is three ships, or if it's four little ships, or, or whatever it happens to be. You don't need to go, well, wait a minute. I got to get two flotillas in there. And then I got to get at least one other ship because I can't, if I lose my big, you know, my one ship, I can't be tabled. So, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And like Bill said, there's still value to activations, but mm -hmm. I think it's drastically decreased compared to what it is. Because even if you get those pass tokens just for one turn, I think that's a big enough deal that it's going to have a huge impact on the game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah a lot it of those certainly will those annoying you know it's those, those annoying msus that people don't like playing against where they have the huge bids they have a lot of activations they always want to go first so they can get to you know they get to go twice in a row is it's the whole point of that list right or that type of list yep. and yep. the past tokens make it so on that big first important turn you can't do that right Right. It's another big buff to second player, too, and we saw the start of that with the Rebellion in the Rim objectives. I think just yeah. having more objective options gave second player, um, you know, a, a big advantage, uh, more mm -hmm. more objectives that give you points and things like that. Now, second player is guaranteed to go last unless the first player more than doubles you up, so that's a big deal. So, mm -hmm. um, As long as you take three ships, it's highly unlikely they're going to double you up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know what, what 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 list would you have to take. What, what, so seven, like what what would that list even look like? I mean, you could do like four CR nineties, five CR nineties, and a couple transports. Yeah. You could, but it, it, does anything hit you hard enough to make the difference at seven activations? Like, what's the big hard hitter in there? Well, I mean, you might be able to fit an admo uh, with four CR nineties and two transports. Yeah, it's, prob probably. It's it's, yeah. it's a big skew list that you're probably not going to see in real life, which is kind of like the point, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty okay. sure you can get there. Certainly I'm sure you can. Rides. I'm just, I, I'm sure you can. But I'm thinking in my head, like, if I saw it, like, would I care? Would I be scared of it? Yeah, probably not. Like, what, that's what I'm thinking. Like, be like, okay, whatever. I don't give a shit. Like, hit me with whatever you got at the end. I still got three big bruisers that are going to start deleting your shit as soon as we start like, mixing it up. The so. scariest thing I can think of is probably a list that has two Gazanis, four Raiders, and a Gladiator Demolisher. Yeah. But are you going to care about that? I don't know. It I depends don't know. when your list is. Demolisher isn't that. It, 
people are screeching. I heard there was screeching about Demolisher. I think Demolisher is still good. You just have to use it differently. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. And I guess we can talk about that when we get to some of the the nerfs and stuff. Well, I feel like that's right now. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's time. I, just, I think we're there. It's time. Let's start with Demolisher. We've arrived. <laughs> yeah, right, so let's start with Demolisher. So, so, so what's the change? Changed. Well, you read. I don't have anything in front of me. You so read. I don't have it in front of me, but the gist of it is that now, exactly. now you cannot take two attacks at the same time. You have to take one attack at the beginning of your activation and then one attack after you move. So you have yeah. to split your attacks. So that's that's the gist of it, regardless of what the text says. Um, yep. So I think that's a good change. I think it makes demo a lot more skill-based. So now you you can move in and do your usual demo thing that you do on the approach. But mm -hmm. when you're in front of your target, you have to take that first shot before you move. And then you can't double arc. You kind of got to take your other move and then... Um, you know, take your second shot after you do the move. So you kind of got to hang in there close to your target, which I think is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the, with the evade change, like demo can probably survive some of this stuff as long as that doesn't get a, uh, you know, accuracy out and stuff. And you can still take mm -hmm. Tua if you want to and make sure yeah. it doesn't get accuracy. Sure. Yeah. Because ECM or, or, still works. Or Brunson and make sure that you can cancel a die or you can take Iden um, yep. and use that. There's evade. all kinds of things you can put on. Use your imagination. Yeah, yeah but the bottom yeah. line is I like the change because it's a lot more um, skill-based. Yeah. You yes. can't just fly in and rampage with demo. You kind of have to think about your approach and how you're going to stay close to the ship without getting fried. Mm -hmm. so, and the double and ramming with demo really is really good. Yes, yeah, it I is think really it's good. good. I, I think it's more of a finisher now than it is the lead hitter. Yeah. I think demo follows up now and finishes off whatever you you soft you need to soften things up for demo and then demo now moves in and finishes it off for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um speaking of Brunson, let's talk about another big card change, which is Brunson. She's nine points now. Mm -hmm. um, She's finally right costed. Personally, yeah. I, I I think this is the right cost. This will not stop me yeah. from taking her on my interdictors. No, um, same. <laughs> yeah, like no, I'll still take her, but I'm paying what I should pay for her now. Yes, it's, yeah. it's not undercosted. It's not an auto include anymore. Good change in my book. Yeah, yeah. Now there is one of the better ones. There may be. So it's, it's still one of the best officers for the Imperials. Like, yeah, she's great, even at nine yeah. months. Um, let's talk about some more cost effects. Um, leading shots is six points now. Mm -hmm. um, that makes sense. I, I think that's a good, good change. change. That's another card that was kind of an auto include, and now yeah. you kind of have to think about it. Yeah, although I still, um, again, I, like, I feel like in most of the times when you were using it before, like it's still worth six points. Yeah. yeah and I think it's pay for it now. Yeah. Another development that's kind of come into play recently is now you've got Link Turbo Laser Towers, and I've kind of been on board this train where I've convinced all these other guys that you don't need leading shots anymore. I just actually take Link Turbo here. Laser Towers. Yeah, I think Towers yep. covers you, and you don't need leading shots. I totally agree. Because the blue dice, aren't yep. they're never blank anyway. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so this change, maybe this change is too late. Maybe, I don't know. I don't think it's a bad change in any event. Um, uh, Link turbo laser towers with a confire token to me almost does more than leading shots does. Yeah. Like it, it's, yeah. it feels like a lesson because I'm not losing a die to do it. 
all the blues are doing something essentially. And then if I can fix two red dices, which is what generally you need, unless you're Luke, then you don't need any of these upgrades. <laughs> yeah, <right>. Luke, <laughs> one of our one of our local players, Luke, always rolls double hits on his red dice. It's kind of yeah, legendary nice. in our area. It, it, so, it, it's uh, like he rolls them like fifty percent of the time. Yes, much higher than you definitely should. It's definitely yeah. not one in eight. Yeah. So, no. so guys, I'm just kind of doing like lightning round with these changes. So I'm just gonna keep yeah, going to keep going through. Yeah, no, 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 you keep going. I mean, ECM is um, another big one we should talk about. You have to yeah. refresh it now. Yeah, ECM, you have to spend a engineering token to refresh it. I think it's a good change. It's another card yeah. that was kind of an auto include. And now you have to think about the economy you have to put in place to make it work. Mm -hmm. Um. Yep. But I, mean, I think it remains to be seen whether this was too big of a change because my thinking has always been that um, you, you really only need ECM once or twice a game. Yeah. So I don't think this is going to be that much of a – I don't think this is that big of a problem. The only I don't think so either. Just now that engineering token that you probably were already putting on your ship in round one anyway is now being spent to refresh ECM instead of move two shields. Yeah, so I, I don't think that's that cost. big of a deal. Yeah. You know, I mean, it is. It makes a difference. Yeah, I like that it adds something you have to think about. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, you know, there are things that take tokens off of people, and tokens are becoming more valuable with a lot of these changes. So, you know, it, it might make a, you know, it may, it may create some limitations here and there in, in certain situations, which yeah. I like. Yeah, so I think it's a good change. One thing I do want to put in here is none of the guys other seem to pick up on it was we might be in the last glory days of the IS Dane where you have your standard ISD two with leading shots, gunnery teams, XI sevens, ECMs. All of those things got changed. Like we may not see that much anymore. Just uh, it was such a good staple. It was such a good ship all around, and it, it probably still will be. But now you'll be able to. I think you'll be able to look at different Star Destroyers or even victories as filling the same kind of gap that that ISD-2 filled in default list building. Um, next one that I just randomly happened upon is external racks is now four points instead of three points. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's a good change. Mm -hmm. um, I was kind of coming around to the idea that external racks is just kind of as good or better than the more expensive ordnance upgrades. Well, so those have both changed too. Yeah, we'll talk about that next. But yeah. <laughs> but I think external racks has moved in the right direction. It needed to be more expensive. This is good. Yes. Yeah. Um, assault proton torpedoes. This is the first one. And we'll talk about assault concussion missiles too, because the same thing happened to both of them. They're both now exhaust effects. Hey guys, just to point out, when we say exhaust effects, unless we say that it has a token cost to refresh it, it just automatically refreshes at the end of the round if you don't have the cards in front of you. So any of those cards before that you would tap and then untap automatically at the end of the round, that's exactly what these exhausts are. That didn't change. APTs went from 5 points to 4 points. Assault concussion missiles went from 7 points to 5 points. Um, mm -hmm. Guys, what do you think of this one? Um, I so here's here's what I think FFG did here. I think that they want to go away from the haymaker meta that we've kind of been seeing recently. They don't want you to get all this extra damage when you set up the double arc. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that this change was designed to cut into that, and they kind of gave you a break on the points cost of these upgrades in conjunction with it. Well, I think part of that too is the evade change makes crit effects way less valuable. Just, just hands down. Yeah, and then we might as well bring up ordinance experts as well. Now you can only reroll two dice with ordinance experts. Which I think so, is a really good change because now what you're doing with ordinance experts is rerolling the blanks that you might get instead of fishing for crits. Which I always did. <laughs> if I yeah. if I rolled a single hit with a black die, I usually re- tried rerolled it and tried to get the double. Mm-hmm. So, yes. um, uh, I think that these are all good changes. Like this is kind of personal touchy feely type stuff, but I don't like the big haymaker effects where you can just delete something off the board in one go. Yeah. I don't so I, I think scaling that back is a good move. Mm-hmm. Um, was it totally necessary from a balance perspective? I don't think so, but I think it improves the feel of the game. Yeah. I agree. I would agree with that. Definitely. Yep. Um, next thing let's talk about, talking about improving the feel of the game, engine techs now exhausts if you overlap an enemy ship. And just, no more just, ram jam. Yep, so no more double ram. Um, I think yeah, I good. really like the way this is worded, too, because it, it, it makes it so it's very clear that you can still use it to ram. And you can do that over and over again, but you can't double ram, right. which I like. Right. For sure. I, I think that's just a good change. I think double ram was dumb. It's gone. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't love it as a mechanic either. I, I prefer this much more. Um, so. Let's talk about. What about the big one gunnery teams? I mean, I feel like that's almost the biggest card change. Yeah. That's kind of a big one. Yeah. So um, now with gunnery teams, you have to spend a concentrate fire command on your first shot to be able to shoot again from that same arc. Um, well, and, and it only applies on the next shot, which is only significant on the Superstar Destroyer, because now you cannot right. do three attacks out the same arc. Yeah. Um, yeah, because so, you can't use concentrated fire commands on two different attacks. That's already against the rules. So what I'll say is I think that the Superstar Destroyer nerf, not being able to do three attacks out of an arc, was overdoing it. Yes. Because I do not think the SSD needed a nerf. No. Uh, I think it was weak to begin with, and I think these changes make it weaker. Um, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't think it's a problem. The SSD I, doesn't need to be tournament. I, I just don't think the SSD. I don't think the SSD was tournament viable to get to to begin with, really. Mm -hmm. Um, So this doesn't really change that. Um, But the token change or the the, using the confire to activate the effect, I think that's a big deal. And I think that was a Mm -hmm. good change. It's definitely Um, a good change. Makes it less of an auto include. Yeah. Fortunately, there's, you know, some cards to help push tokens out around now. Like there's munitions uh, resupply. Unless, unless that's a is that that's not a, like a new factions only card, is it? Nope, you can use it no, with the old stuff too. Because there's one of them. It's, there's a maybe it's the droid one. There, there's one that is what is faction locked. Uh, yeah, it's not the resupplies. Yeah, it's a um, droid those, something. Those, those are good on anything. I was just looking at it. Um, yeah, fuck, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's it's not that for sure. There's one. Um, 
So another uh, one, speaking of the SSD, they changed um, H9s. And what's the one that gives you the extra accuracy when you roll an accuracy on a red die? I can't remember. Is it quad laser turret? Yeah, it's quad something. There's a whole bunch of quad something lasers, quad battery turrets, quad and laser quad turrets. Lasers. I think I'm all so, confused. Okay, so whatever the case may where if you rolled the if you rolled an accuracy on a red die, you could add another accuracy to your dice pool. Yeah. Uh, set to a red wow. uh, on a red die, and yeah. they've changed both of those cards to modifications. So you cannot do that combo anymore, where you roll a hit and then you change it to an accuracy with the H nine, and then you add another accuracy, uh, another die set to an accuracy, and then you can re-roll all those dice. So with Ravager, you're able to like get a fuck ton of extra dice with this wombo combo yeah uh, that that doesn't exist anymore which i like because um you know this this kind of combos with the change to ecm where they kind of want to de-emphasize electronic countermeasures mm-hmm. um i think that taking this automatic accuracy generation and reducing its effectiveness a bit is a good move for the game mm-hmm. um, i don't really feel like i saw that very often. I, I think that uh, it, it wasn't big in our area, but I think that was like the dominant Ravager build was that combo. Yeah, yeah um, it was it was I was supposedly really common with Ravagers, but like the SSD wasn't that competitive anyway. Like I feel like this was I feel like this is a change that just like didn't need to happen. Like it's I, yeah. I have a problem with it. It's probably good, but like it wasn't a problem. Yeah, I'll just say I, I don't know. I didn't like the combo. Um, I don't like it either, but yeah, I think I think the SSD, played against it. I think the SSD now has other combos that are good that you can take a look at. Um, sure. So that's that's a thing, I guess. Um, I guess we'll keep going. Um, Tarkin is cheaper. He, he's yeah. I think Tarkin and really Leia both again. got dropped by ten points. Um, I think Leia still sucks because of yeah. her restriction where you cannot spend additional tokens on top of the one that you generate. Yeah, well, especially yep. now that there's all kinds of other things to do with them. Um, I know yes, that there's Leia, at least one Leia very... Is definitely... Go, go ahead. There's at least one very loud voice out there in the Armada community that's very <laughs> excited about this change, but I I disagree. I think Leia still sucks. Um, I don't think well, I, I mean, see her a lot. There's no question that she's better because she's cheaper, right? She's absolutely but better. She still yes. sucks. It's like the same thing with Sato. It's like, I don't know, you can't make Sato cheap enough because like the problem with Sato isn't his cost. It's that you have to play bad to make him work. Did he get dropped too? Yeah, I think he did, now? but I th- I think so. I, I don't. It wasn't. Know it wasn't significant. My rebel admirals are right wow. here. He's twenty-seven. He's, I think he was thirty something before. Yeah. Either way, it wasn't significant. He still sucks. Leia still sucks. The end. Tarkin, yeah. though, I'm I'm interested in Tarkin. Tarkin oh, yeah. could possibly do something. Um, with all these new upgrades, like with 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 the increased demand for tokens now, and the fact that you can staple on Sovereign to change what Tarkin distributes, um, yeah. a twenty-eight point Tarkin, I think, is very interesting, especially in like like what we were talking about earlier, a three-ship list where maybe you're not taking a flotilla to distribute tokens now. Mm-hmm. They don't need maybe, it anymore. Maybe instead you take Tarkin and Sovereign, and now you've just got the tokens you need to activate engine techs and gunnery teams and electronic countermeasures and whatever you need it for. Um, yeah. I think I think suddenly he's good. 
Um, I don't know how good, but um, I, I have lists I want to try with him. I'll you know what, that. like, is a thing. I, I did this with a Garm list I made a little while ago, but defense liaisons on ships where you get, like, extra tokens, like, in a list where you have Garm or, uh, or Tarkin, the defense liaisons are awesome. He lets you spend a uh, spend a token to change your dial to a nav or a repair, but you can spend any token. Yeah, like, um, that's a really good officer on a command three ship that you get yourself in trouble. Yeah, I yeah. really like it when you have like a squadron list and you so you can just like if you're not sure you can put squadron and if you need to change it you can change it. Yeah, that's worth thinking about now. Mm -hmm. um, Let's talk about um, Constantine and Tag. Actually, both. Let's got talk about Constantine first. And <laughs> I think they're usable. Constantine is, uh, at a minimum, interesting. I don't know if he's good, but he's worth experimenting with now. I think. Mm -hmm. I so, so I'm Constantine the Destroyer is going to make a comeback because I'm going to so, start. So so the change, what's what's the change there? Yeah, I've got it right here. So at the start of each status phase, you may choose any number of enemy ships at distance one to five of at least two friendly non-flotilla ships, one of which must be of medium or larger size class. For each chosen ship, you may discard one nav token from it or increase or decrease its speed by one to a minimum of one. So if I'm not mistaken, there are two changes there. The first one is what you need to activate it because now you don't need two mediums or larger to activate it, right? Right. Yep. It can be a huge now because you didn't used to work with the SSD, which I don't right. think that's that big of a deal. But regardless, no. it, only one of the ships needs to be large. And then the other thing is the token stripping effect, which yeah. may, may almost be the bigger deal. Mm -hmm. Especially because you can choose which one you do. It's not like it discards a token if it has it, and if it doesn't, then you can do this. Because just depending, a lot of times, you know, those tokens, they got a token on it. It's like, well, who gives a shit if I slow it down? They still got a token. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the deal change. with Constantine now is that I think what makes what's going to make Constantine work, honestly, is the auditor and be able to stiff farm mm -hmm. things and keep them far away or try to anyway and let the onager keep shooting because like one of the things against that you know can get the onager is you crash in on it you get it to it as fast as you possibly can and you get in its face that's what that's how you kill an onager or yeah. you have onagers of your own and you just start jousting uh one of the two things constantine i think is what makes that more viable like you can keep stiff farming them. I mean, it gives you better options to keep your opponent away from you and just keep shooting at long range. In, inversely, um, you can also use him against onagers to pull them into you. Yes, so you can also speed those fuckers up too. But then, but by then you're at long range and you, you know, you're probably closing anyway. But yeah, you're you're not wrong. Like you could definitely like speed them up and make them come closer. Yeah, but if you've got um, a list that's got like you know some close range brawlers, once you're in long range, you can close that gap quickly that that's a good thing or it could be in the right list but the also with it too is that i think constantine wants to be very much in a, a second player objective based type guy mm -hmm. and it's it's i'm still messing with it but like 
it's some combination of like two dicks with an onager and like Balin and Sienna, which we've already talked about, isn't that great. Um, we'll and, get the four interceptors with uh, reserve hangar decks in there. Well, the problem is once you start doing that, you don't have disposable capacitors anymore. Yep. Um, and you're losing a lot of the firepower. The answer might be two onagers and a single dick, but I really, especially if you're going hard, like objectives, like having double dick is really, really great to have two, yeah. to have a two gra or the gravity well, two gravity wells, grav ship reroute, and like the G8 or the, um, uh, the one, the one that makes you reroll dice when they get close. Uh, targeting targeting scrambles. And it feels like when you, and maybe I got to get my brain away from this, but it feels like when you're running Constantine, you really want to bring that G8 to um, try to keep manipulating their speed. And, mm -hmm. and I haven't tried this yet, but I feel like the G8 might be really good, like against uh, a Starhawk, because it's not going super fast to begin with. You should be able to either strip tokens or slow it down and just keep hitting it with that G8 as it keeps trying to close in on you and drop it to either zero or one. I think you can also use G8 to make your onager not move while staying at speed one. Yeah, I think you might be able to do that. Because I think you can use it on friendly ships too. Yeah. Oh, God, I'd have to look so at the card. I don't know. Because it only temporarily increases your speed or de increases or decreases your speed. Let me see if I can find it. I've got all the cards yeah. right here. But yeah, you Bill, glorious, you glorious bastard! You might have just loaded something else into my brain. I hadn't even considered that. <laughs> yeah, but, but Bill and I have played some games with with this new Constantine, and what what I think we've seen is that you just stack these control effects on top of him, and it, I think that's what really makes him shine. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you, it's it opens kind of up a new, I I guess you could call it like a new frontier in the game. Um, with the control stuff that's I think it's really interesting that being said I don't know if he's like good but he's certainly worth experimenting now um, when previously he was totally trash that's right yeah I don't know if he's no it says enemy ship I'm sorry I, I thought I read that all right well I got excited for like a second there I... um so let's let's move on let's hit a couple ones yep. real quick Do um uh, no, let's let's hit Riken first. Riken is thirty four points now. He got an increase. Um, okay. he, he's still good. Um, yeah. This this is probably moving in the right direction. Moving on, um, Mon Mothma cancels the die at medium range, and you can reroll an additional die at range, uh, close range or distance one. Mm -hmm. Makes her work with the new evade rules. She's twenty seven points now. I think that's a reduction. She's probably yeah, worth experimenting with. Um, yeah, Mon Mothma's always been good, and now she's been juiced. So yeah, yeah. that's even better. Um, so yeah, worth um, worth messing around with her. Um, mm -hmm. Oz Ozel, I think, is excellent now. Yeah. Um, basically, what Ozel does is he lets you change your speed by one uh, anytime during your yes. determined horse step. Yeah, you don't have to do a nav command anymore. Yep. So what I think is awesome about Ozel is he's like the default 20-point admiral that Imperials never had before. And now he's an admiral you can plug into any fleet, and he's just good. I mean, I feel like that was Mahdi. I mean, I understand he's no, 23 no, but, points, or Jerry. Well, Mahdi was 24, I think. Jerry's 23, but but, but I but still, still think those guys both qualify. Yeah, maybe, but, um, you know, I can think of fleets 
where Jerry's not that great, where maybe you're building around an interdictor or something like that or, or whatever. But point being, sure. I, I just think he's a great like default admiral. You can plug him into any list and he'll be good now. Mm -hmm. Gosh. Yeah, I like him. Um, uh, Taggy and Garm kind of got the same change where they basically have the same effect as they did before but now you select two round tokens that are not consecutive mm -hmm. and you put them on the admiral. So basically what you're choosing, what you're doing is you're choosing what rounds Taggy and Garm are going to go I, I off. think it's just Tag, isn't it? No, it's Garm too. Well, no, I know, but it's not Taggy. I, I feel like that's really bothering me. I don't know. I've heard people say it both ways. <laughs> and I think, I think we've talked about this before, is that people are terrible with pronunciation in Star Wars, so I yeah, well, don't take any responsibility. That's because everything's spelled wrong. And, 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 like, nobody said tag in the movies, so, like, we don't really know how you're supposed to say it unless it's been said in, like, an audio book or something. Who knows? So, I don't know. But anyway, I'll, I'll call him Tag. Thank you. <laughs> um yeah you, you get to pick the rounds now so yeah that's when, huge like because garm's rounds were fine so like it, it's a nice little boost for garm but i don't actually think it's that big of a change but the big problem with tag is the rounds that were on his card were like the really bad choices yes and it's yeah. nice that you can pick it now and i think you choose it after deployment so you see where you know how things might lay you know how, might, might play out um, I'm looking it up right now here. Where is he? So you're probably going to four and six with him. You're probably, but it depends on how you're deployed. Like we, and it's nice that you, that's when you choose. Yeah. Cause if you know, you, sometimes you see a game where, or especially if it's a game with like an onager or you have an onager and someone's going to come in and bang and you might want them in, at the, and, you know, in three and, and five. Yeah. Yeah. So I think tag is still bad, um, but he's, I don't know improved. that he's, I don't know that he's that bad anymore. I think there are, because you know, there's new, like, especially with like a list that has a bunch of evade tokens, you know, now you can be discarding those knowing that you're going to get them tagged back. Yeah, maybe. But, but I think Garm is now significantly better, especially with the increased token economy. Mm-hmm. Um. So see, I feel like Garm. Something. I feel I, I. I. see what you're saying. I just. I think that the rounds that Garm gave you tokens in before, was still really good. So yeah, like, you know what I mean. It, it's it's maybe a little bit better, and it's a little more flexible. Certainly better. But I don't. I feel like most of the time you're just gonna pick the rounds that he was doing. I, I, I kind of think if we're talking about like top level tournament meta type stuff, I don't think either of these changes are all that consequential. Probably not. But it means that I think it means they're a little more competitive. And I think there might be something in there with tag. I'd have to like start putting lists together. But I feel like there are things you can do with discarding tokens and getting them back that could really be good. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else. I feel like we must have missed some things. Oh, I'm Avenger. sure we did. There's all kinds of little uh, things. Avenger is a big one. Um, you can only yeah. spend. You get to spend one of your exhausted defense tokens now. 
Yeah, so Avengers worthless now. You just yeah, yeah it's move, move it to the garbage heap. No reason to take Although, it. Although I, I guess I shouldn't say that because it essentially almost works like Mon Karen now, right? In a way. Yeah, well, that's changed too. We're going to talk that about that now. Okay. <laughs> well, when we're done with Avenger, do we have anything else to say with Avenger? Yeah, I think it's garbage I mean, now. It, it, well, it's not. I feel like Salvo makes it less garb. The chain makes the change less garbage because, like. Stopping salvos coming back can make a big difference. Yeah. So that being said, though, I, I think Avenger is personally. I think Avenger is garbage, but it is. I'll say that I, I personally I don't believe that you can perfectly balance a competitive miniatures game. So I'm okay with a garbage card being in the mix. I would oh, rather yeah. have Avenger be garbage than what it was. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's the thing. Um. Let's do Moncaren. Moncaren is now two points cheaper. I think it's six points. And yeah. it requires a concentrate fire command to go off. Um, that's, uh, but other than that, it's the same, right? I mean, the yeah. It's the same. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that this nerf was necessary, but I... I don't think it was necessary, but... It doesn't bother me either. I don't think it matters either. Yeah. Um... I mean, I guess, you know, it's going to be harder to go off. You're going to see it even less. I don't know why this was a card that got hit, to be honest. I don't either. Um, I, I think it's just this was more of a flavor thing. Like, they're trying to say, like, if you're going to be doing an effect that's going to, you know, do something with your dice, now you need to have a concentrate fire command to do it. I, I kind of think that was the, the reason for this change. Yeah. Um, like to like almost justify the gunnery team's change, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, I mean, Mon Karen wasn't a problem for anybody. Yeah, um, Yavaris is another one. This is kind of a big That's one. A big one. I think it hits ho- close to home since we had a whole episode on this early in the <laughs> podcast. Um, right. Now Yavaris reads: Each squadron you activate may choose to only attack during your activation. If it does while attacking, it may add one die to its attack pool of a color already in its attack pool. So no more double tap. You're just getting an extra die. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I, is great. I mean, like that's still really good. It's still really good, but it is nowhere near the auto include that it was before. No, it's not broken anymore. No. Like, it doesn't cause problems, you know? I mean, yeah, you can roll an extra die against, you know, I feel like that's obviously more effective against ships than it is against squadrons. Because against squadrons, it's, you're just, it's just flight control, really, right? Yeah. But, so, my personal hmm. hot take with this one is I don't think they needed to keep the um, movement restriction in place with how big of a nerf this is. I think they probably hit it too hard and personally I think this is a scrap heap card now. Um I don't maybe think so. maybe you'll be able to use it situationally, but I I I, I don't know. I, I don't see much value here anymore. I still think it's um, good. I mean, you know, you can use it to make Y wings hit with two black dice against ships. That's that's not insignificant. You know, especially when you have bomber command centers around. Yeah, that's fair, I, I guess, mean, for bombing. Yeah, I mean, that's where it's effective. Yeah, you, against squadrons, you should just get flight controllers. It's better. But against ships, I mean, that can make a big difference. Yeah. For sure. Um, I mean, think about using Lando with it. You know, I mean, you can now change those dice if you need to. Oh, that's not a great example because he already has two dice and one of them is going to be blank. So, um, 
but you know, or uh, Nora or um, or Nim trying to get an extra die to try and make his ability go off. Yeah, you know that that kind of stuff can matter. Yeah. So talking about Yavaris, I agree that it feels a little harsh because it was already kind of nerfed a whole lot, and this just hits it even more. I do think it still be will be good with Rebel Bombers. I do think the real nerf to the Yavaris is actually more of a boost to the Pelta, where if you want to take a Rebel Fighter Wing, an anti-fighter wing, that's your light carrier of choice now, instead of Yavaris, which still is really good, but if you're sending fighters out to go an Alpha, another fighter wing, or hit bombers that are going to be outside of your range where you need to move, that's the way you're going to push them, not with Yavaris where you could slow roll with B-wings or Y-wings to really utilize that extra die. I mean, B-wings throwing an extra die or Y-wings throwing an extra black, that's kind of gross, even if they don't move. And then you're in position where they can just sit there and just keep bombing and bombing and bombing, even if Yavaris goes down. That's not ideal, but it's positioning for the future. Um, okay, and I've got one more card I think that we need to hit before we can move on to Clone Wars stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, slicer Tools. Um, oh, yeah. Slicer Tools now requires an engineering command to refresh, and it starts the game exhausted. And it's an engineering token, right? Yeah, oh, an God. engineering token. An engineering token, yep. And, uh, yeah, but it starts exhausted, which is interesting. Yeah, so... That means there's absolutely no way to ready it to get it to work in round one. Right. Yeah. Was that a um, problem? Well, I don't, so, I, don't I think know. I think the reason this got hit is because of hard cells. Um, uh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, otherwise, I don't really see a reason for this change. Um, I mean, but, slicer tools are annoying. But I, I, yeah, they're annoying. I don't think they're great for the game. I'm, I'm okay with this nerf, but I think the reason it happened was because I, I think it's, it doesn't take much imagination to see scenarios with hard cells where this could have been obnoxious. Yeah, if you're gonna have that, was. those tougher ships with, with the uh, support teams on them, you, you, putting slicers on them, because I mean. The whole thing with slicers is, yeah, they are a pain in the ass, but they're also easy to blow up. Yeah. And if that's not true anymore, then obviously that could be a problem. Especially yeah, if hard, hard cells are pretty tough. Yeah, they are. And like mass hard cells are already awesome. Like right now. We can talk about that in a minute, but like with cracking a whole bunch of hard cells is a really good list. Yep. Yep. Uh, and it let's, doesn't let's, need that, too. Let's talk about that, then, I guess. <laughs> All right, are we ready to go talk about Clone Wars now? Yeah, do it. Any more cards we want to cover? Yeah, I guess I guess big picture. I, I, I like virtually all of these changes. They're all good. They hit yeah. some high-impact cards. Um, good stuff all around, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, um, I dig it. Mm -hmm. I Clone wish they would have changed the timing on Endeavor so you could use it with local fire control. Like I feel yeah, like this was, that was the opportunity to do that. And it didn't. Yeah. 
Yeah. S small, small thing though. It's not a big deal at all. No, no, not the end of the world. No, right. not even cool. a little bit. All right, Clone Wars. What, what did you guys want to do with this here? You guys want to just talk about the stuff that came out we haven't talked about, right? Yeah, let's just talk about like the ship chassis. Like, yeah, we'll just talk about each ship kind of individually. So you want to start with like the acclimator? We kind of already touched on that a little bit. Yeah, we already did. I don't think we need to do the acclimator again. Okay. No. Yeah, I mean, the acclimator is a victory that's better, basically, right? Yeah, I would agree with that take. Let's, we might as well go to the consular then. The consular is an interesting ship. So I've been, I played a couple games with it uh, last weekend, and they're both pretty different, which I like. And there's that, that swift return title is amazing. Well, I guess let's talk about the specs first, like right. the ship itself. Let me pull those up. So I've got it in front of me. So we've got the consular class armed cruiser is the cheaper version. Four hull, double blue dice for flak. Uh, command one, squadron one, two engineering. It's got an evade, a redirect, and a contain. At speed one, it's got a double click. Speed two, double click, click. Speed three, click, click, click. Speed four, click, no click, click, click. Um, <laughs> you, you, you sound like you're having a seizure. <laughs> I, I, I'm okay with that. I'm just going to keep going. Out of the front, it's got two shields. Sides, it's got two shields. Rear's got one shield. Out of the front, it's got two blues and a black. Sides, blue and a black. Rear, it's got a blue. Mm -hmm. And then um let's see uh as far as upgrades it's got an officer a support team a defensive retrofit ordinance and a title and then we've also got the consular class charger variant which is the same thing but it's got two reds and a blue out the front, two reds out each side, a red and a blue out the rear and I should add that the the cheaper one, the armed cruiser, is 37 points. The charger is 45 points. Yeah. And then that one has different – it doesn't have the defensive retrofit. It trades yeah, the defensive retrofit and the ordinance for an offensive retrofit and a uh, turbo laser. Yeah. Also known as a link turbo laser tower slot. Yes. That's what it is oh. on this ship especially. Yeah. Turbo laser. Um, what I've kind of found in just in a couple of games I've played with these, which I think is actually really interesting, is the long-range version is plays very similar to a CR-90, but it doesn't have the second evade, which kind of sucks. And the other one kind of feels like a Raider. The, the yeah. Yeah, what I've found in my games with these is that they kind of look like CR-90s, but they're really not. You can't think of it yeah. like that because that double evade on the CR-90 makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. If you try to play a consular cruiser like a CR-90, you're just going to get it wrecked. So you can't do that. Um, well, see, I don't know if I agree with that because most of the time when you're using a CR-90, you've got TRCs on it, so you're really only using one evade for defense anyway. Yeah, so maybe you're swapping the TRCs for Link Turbo Laser Tower. And right, and it's day. not maybe as good offensively, but it does have two red dice out the side versus a red and a blue for the, the CR-90. Um, so if you're staying at long range, you've got one extra die to play with. Um, and I really like the arcs on the, char on the, the consular. They're a little more forward than the CR-90, and the sides are just a little bigger, essentially. 
and it, I, I found it's easier to double arc with for me than the CR90 is. Yeah, and it's a good ship for um, kiting. Yes. Um, like I think uh, Josiah JJ's Juggernaut, he he kind of pointed out to us that you can put um, Clone Captain Zach on a consular, and all of a sudden you're throwing another die out that side arc. Oh and, yeah, I didn't even think um, about that for some that's, reason. <laughs> that's that's pretty great on a consular with that, that big wide side arc. Um, yeah, on a ship you want to be strafing with, so. Um, that's, that's an interesting thing you can do with it, especially on the charger with that extra red mm -hmm. die out the side. Yeah, and like I was saying earlier, Swift Return is one of the best titles in the game now. It's like three points. And if you're within distance one to two of an obstacle, you can change your speed by one and get an extra yaw click. So essentially, you get a free nav command every time you're within distance one to two of an obstacle. Yeah, and and that's something else that's worth pointing out is that this ship is really maneuverable. It's got two clicks at speed one and two at that first joint, and it's got a click at at the first joint on speed four, which is like the best place to have a click mm -hmm. on a maneuver that fast because that opens up a lot of the board. And if you're using swift return, now all of a sudden you have a speed four maneuver where you can do a double click at speed one. Yeah, well, you can do, like, Swift Return almost lets this thing just be Maydeen all the time, except that you don't even have to do a nav command to do it, like, so it's just better. Yeah. It, it's yeah. really, I was doing some crazy maneuvers with it. It's, like, it's really nice. Yeah. Um, changing course a little bit, I have been finding um, that a consular armed cruiser with the Radiant 7 title mm -hmm. has been making its way into a lot of my lists. Yep. So that's a one-point upgrade that adds the fleet support icon, which is basically the flotilla upgrade um, to it. And then you mm -hmm. cannot take turbo laser or ordnance upgrades. And what I've been doing with that in my list is... Um, I've been adding like munitions or parts resupplies. Yeah. And then also um, the, um, what's, what is it? The clone navigation officer, which mm. lets you throw tokens off to other ships. And what you've got there is you've got like a really great um, 44, 45 ish point support ship that's. Um, really filling in nicely for the fact that these um, that this faction doesn't have a flotilla yet, and it can pack some punch if you need it to. Um, that's what I really like about the Arm Cruiser is the two blue flak because of the extra range that you get out of medium, you know, the, the blue dice. I feel like this is a much better flak boat than the Raider is. Yeah, because of the range. Um, even though the dice really aren't as good, arguably, um, I, I, the range makes it better, and it's it's really nice. Yeah, so you've got, ultimately, what you end up getting out of this ship, if you kit it out for support, is you've got something that fills in both the roles of what, like, maybe even two flotillas would do for you, mm -hmm. and then a flak boat on top of that. Um, so that's no, just we'll good all good around. But, but yeah, out the double blue dice out to medium is like taking it to another level, I think. Yeah. Well, what's nice about the double blue dice is you can usually still use one obstructed, which happens a lot. 
yes, especially with the ship that you want hanging out in the back as a support boat. Yeah, when you know it's either in the back or it's on one side, and they just go to the other side because they don't want to take the flak. You can at least still do some. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that'll come up. So it's a nice it's a nice little ship. I mean, it's you know it's not anything too wild yeah. to figure out what it does, but it, it's good. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, should we talk about Republic squadrons first, or should we yeah. move on to separate? Let's talk about ships. Republic squadrons and admirals. So speaking of admirals, I used uh, Bale on like a six ship um, Republic list with two acclimators and four consulars. Um And Obi-Wan made a really big difference in that game. Just by being able to re- you know, reduce damage here and there every time I use a, a redirect, it, it ended up making a really big difference and making everything more survivable. I know our hot take was that because nothing has double redirects that he's garbage. I don't think I agree with that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, he's just really solid. Um, I don't know if there's much more to say about that. Um, Same thing with Bale. Bale is the kind of admiral that you just plug him into a list and he works, especially with these Republic ships that, you know, usually they're going to want to be pushing squadrons and navigating. Yeah, it lets you do both. I, yeah, I think right now with what they have, if you want to run squadrons, you kind of have to take bail because the acclimators need navigate commands because they still maneuver like victories, even though they can go speed three. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still not very good at maneuvering. It's better than the victory, but it's still shitty. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then they yeah, got squadrons. I mean, I, the squad Republic squadrons are very, very good. Um, the, the new factions kind of remind me of sort of the inverse of the, the initial factions. Like we have like Imperial ships and rebel squadrons sort of for the Republic and vice versa for the separatists. I mean, there, there are changes and they're not the same, but I, that, I sort of feel like I get that feel. Yeah. Yeah. So last time around, we talked about the torrent and oddball because those were in the starter set article um now we have another v19 ace to talk about which is kickback i don't Um, think we need to go through all of them okay let's not do that let's just talk about the chassis i guess and any notable aces yeah Um, so the next one that i think is a big deal is the uh, delta 7 ether sprite squadron um speed four four hull three blues and a black for anti-squad one blue for battery armament mm-hmm. it's got adept one which lets it re-roll one die on the attack it's got counter two mm-hmm. it's got dodge one which lets which um makes you force opposing squadrons to uh, re-roll one attack die notably that does not work against flak it only applies against squadrons yeah um, i mean they're good they're, so, they're expensive yeah so the but... The basic one, the non-ace, is 17 points. I think that's kind of too expensive. I don't think you're going to see a lot of these. I don't um, think so either. I, I kind of think what you're going to see are the aces, which are good. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Plo, Plocoon, 24 points. He's got a brace and a scatter on top of what we just talked about. He's add up two instead of one. Um, he doesn't have dodge but he has a special ability, non-unique, friendly squadrons without counter at distance one, gain counter one. That's huge. Yeah, it's, it's big. You know, 
I think we're he combos really well with uh, Luminara, who I assume you're you can read next here. Yeah, let's um, hit her. Um, and her her dice are all the same. She has the the scatter and the brace as well. Um, yeah. When an enemy squadron at distance one is attacking a non-unique friendly squadron, the attack is treated as obstructed. Mm -hmm. So Plo and yeah. Luminara are a good complement to a big fighter ball for um, Republic, I think. Yeah, particularly um, a group of uh, torrents. Yeah, uh, Luminara compared to Plo, she's only add up to one, so she's not as big of a hitter. Um, the other big thing you have to think about with her is that she needs to be at distance one of the enemy squadron that's attacking. Right. Um, so she's not a bubble that affects your squadrons. She actually mm -hmm. needs to be at range one of the squadron who's attacking you. But yeah. if you can get her where she needs to be and you position her well, I think her, between her and Plo, um, that's a great defensive combo. It's expensive. It's 47 points, but uh, I kind of think it's worth thinking about including. Absolutely. Especially, you know, when the Torrents have Escort, you have to shoot them. You know, now it's obstructed, potentially obstructed and counter one. So, And they have Swarm, so assuming they're engaged with somebody else, which if Luminar is there, they are, then you can re-roll that counter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's hit Ahsoka, because I think she's another big one. Another Ether Sprite. Um, mm -hmm. Same as Luminara, basically. She adds Grit, um, but her ability is after you move, you may choose another friendly squadron at distance one. That squadron performs an attack against an enemy squadron at distance one with an anti-squadron armament of two blue dice, even if it's already activated. Mm. Um, so I think she's okay. Um, I'm going to read another one because I think that this think is she, a, a combo. You need to pair her with another Jedi that has adept, at least adept one or adept and, two so you can re-roll those dice. And let's shortcut that. Let's hit Kit Fisto now. Um, 26 points. When you spend a defense token, you may discard it if you do reduce the total damage by three instead of resolving that token's effect. He's got adept two. He has intel. He has double braces instead of brace scatter. Mm -hmm. I think that Ahsoka and Kit is your super friends double squadron combo if that's like the minimum squadron complement you want to bring because Ahsoka lets you activate Kit again to get that attack off with two blue dice and he can reroll them both because he's add up two. He's very survivable because you can toss one of those braces to discard three damage. So um, yeah, you know, but you got to toss them. I mean, is is that that much better than having a scatter? Um, I, I don't know that it is. I don't know that it is either, um, but it, it's more flexibility. Like, it can't be locked down the way a scatter can be. No, that's true. And, and, and you know, when you're bringing that minimum squadron complement like that, you're just trying to buy time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that his survivability is enough that it's, if, if you're just going to bring a pair and that we talked about this earlier, I don't necessarily think that's a great idea, but yeah, I, think, I don't think the Republic has a good super friends pair, but, but if you're going to do it, I think that's the pair is Ahsoka maybe. and Kit. Yeah, maybe. I, I just don't think there's one there. I think you're better off with just bringing like four torrents. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, Republic's a squadron-oriented faction, and you want to be looking at squadrons. Yeah, probably. Um, let's move on to the next one. 
Yeah. Y wings. You've got BTLB Y wings. They're they're Y wings. They're not any they're, different, basically. They are Y wings. Is there a difference? There's. I think one die is a different color or something, or it's. I think they have blue black instead of blue blue. Is that right? Yeah, or I think that's what it is. Squadron. But they're the same. Yeah. They're so, they're ten so that's that's a thing. Um, Anakin is worth talking about. Yeah, Anakin is excellent. So he changes your anti-squadron armament to three blues. He changes your battery armament to red blue instead of mm -hmm. a black. And he says, during your activation, you may spend one defense token to ignore engagement until the end of your activation. He's got add up two. You reroll both of those bomber dice against ships. Yeah, uh, so I think he's almost an auto include. If you're running a bomber list, you got to he's got to be your for one of your first options. He's he's 19 points. Yeah, it's very reasonable. Um, he's excellent. You also have to remember that you are now in a world where intel is totally different, and he lets you have old intel again, basically. Right. Yeah, and I, you know, we'll see how much that ends up mattering because, like, like Bill was mentioning earlier, you, you know, even with intel before, you were just trying to smash their squadrons you weren't usually ignoring them anyway but yeah it, it still could come in handy in, in certain situations or at least just be able to get out of get out of dodge if he needs to yeah um so he's good he's very um, good speaking of good we've got the arc 170 mm -hmm. speed two seven hull anti-squadron is red blue blue battery is double blue it's a bomber and it's got counter one mm-hmm 15 points so good the thing the thing is fucking ridiculous i think Excellent. it is <laughs> yeah. it like would, you can compare it you, it's like a cross between a b-wing and a yt 1300 that being it's said both speed two yeah. is kind of a killer but this this squadron would be totally busted if it was speed three but at speed two you have some opportunities for counterplay yeah um, but still, I think if you're bringing max squads with Republic, I think you want to bring at least two of these. Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, these are the, the big hitters, right? So these are yeah. the – and what, what's really nice about them, they have counter and, and hyperspace rings really helps fix that speed two problem. And I think hyperspace rings might end up becoming a little bit of an issue, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, hyperspace and, rings let you deploy your fighters basically anywhere on the board. Yeah, it's an offensive retrofit. Next to a ship, yeah, which I believe lets you deploy them first too. Doesn't it? Does. It does. Yeah, yeah, I've got a um, I've got a list that's basically triple acclimators and then one thirty four points of Republic squadrons with hyperspace rings, so you can put out all the squadrons first and then you yeah. deploy the acclimators after that. I really like the idea of it. We'll see how it is in practice. So I ran one similar to that, but I only used two, but I put expanded hangar bays on them so I could cover all eight of the squads um, because I didn't want to buy a third starter set. <laughs> I went full degenerate and did that, so... Yeah. <laughs> We'll see. But, uh, yeah, so then there's they've got the old that's, – that's all four of them, right? Yeah, and then Oddball is the Arc Ace. I don't think he's worth talking about. Basically, he lets you attack after you move. No, he lets you re-roll if you moved. He's yeah, actually very good. Re-roll after – yeah, okay. Well, yeah, actually, so one interesting thing to talk about with him is he has an evade defense token. Yeah. That's kind Which of the we only talked about with, um We talked about that with Axe last time, and now – 
um, we kind of hinted at this last time with the evade on a squadron. Now you can use that in a squadron engagement to force the enemy squadron to reroll a die. So it's not mm -hmm. totally useless. Um, it's 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 useful against more than just flak, I guess. As well, and we yeah, and we have red flak now that it would be able to cancel. Yeah. Yeah, so he's interesting, I guess, but a little bit costly compared to the regular arc. I don't know how often you're going to see him. I used him in, in my list, and he was really great. Oh, okay. Yeah, I really liked him. Yeah, so, you know, I, I think that they're both of these new factions have a lot of really cool options, and everybody should buy them. I think so, too. Yeah, Republic's looking like a squadron heavy faction. Separatists. I'm I'm personally a little bit more interested in separatists because they look a little bit more unique compared to what we've seen so far in terms of like ship design. I think mm -hmm. so. Um, we'll see what the future has in store, but they both look really interesting and and unique compared to the other two factions. Yeah, definitely. Cool, man. Hey guys, just to kind of wrap things up a little bit, uh, we will be talking about the Separatists in our next episode, kind of giving an overview of them. Also, to let you know, um, we've actually been working mostly, Bill, on our uh, Battle of Jakku scenario. We should hopefully have that out to you guys shortly, uh, definitely before the end of the year, so you guys can uh, enjoy it and give us your feedback on it and we've also been playing a whole lot of other games too that we want to uh get caught up on too because there's a lot of exciting stuff it looks like on the horizon for a lot of different things especially uh the prophecy kings expansion for ti4 some big changes coming to a song of ice and fire and uh just the steady stream that is legion so with that we're gonna start wrapping it up here all right well thanks for listening guys and we will see you on the next one later there ain't nothing more depressing than a pine tree gussied up with candy canes and balls those carolers have kept me up for hours it's merry christmas seeping through my walls no i'm no wiccan coming nut or nothing but there's one damn holiday that I can't stand. It ain't Halloween or Thanksgiving or even April Fools, but it'll surely make a fool out of every man. Ha! If I ain't drunk, then it ain't Christmas. You know where to stick those jingle bells. If I ain't hammered, it ain't Hanukkah. And all you motherfuckers go to hell. If I ain't cock-eyed, it ain't Kwanzaa Joy to the world, Jack and Coops If I ain't drunk, then it ain't Christmas Cause I ain't never anything but broke Now every year the malls are just a madhouse Full of empty pockets, thoughts, and smiles Just the smell of eggnog makes me vomit and those colored lights are fucking infantile I think we collectively as a people Should rise against this corporate jolly noise And tell the world let's buy some peace and quiet for a change Before we spend it all on fucking toys ha! So if I ain't drunk then it ain't Christmas You know where to stick those jingle bells if I ain't hammered, it ain't Hanukkah 
I go fuck yourself. If I ain't got it in Kwanzaa, joy to the world getting stoked. If I ain't drunk then it ain't Christmas. So leave this goddamn screws the fuck alone. Ha! Merry fucking Christmas. 